Welcome to Light Your Leadership Talks, or Lil Talks. Every week, we bring you informal chats with leaders and leadership experts from around the globe. Your host is Lisa Anna Palmer, author of the international best-selling book, Light a Fire in Their Hearts, The Truth About Leadership. Lil Talks will have you laughing, crying, and reflecting while you learn strategies, tools, and approaches to light a fire in the hearts of your employees and colleagues from across your organization. Listen in so that you too can stay informed about the latest wise practices that set great leaders apart. So today's wonderful guest is Anna Karina Tabunar. She's an amazing person, huge heart. If you want to talk about heart-centered leader, uh, you know, Anna Karina is a wonderful example of, of that. Um, and she's also a communications and media expert. So she's told stories of people, landmark events, and policies for a decade with CTV Ottawa, CJOH News, and CBC Montreal. Not only that, she's even filed reports for CNN, which is pretty amazing for somebody who's from, uh, from Canada. So for five seasons, she was also the host of award-winning current affairs series called Canada in Perspective. And over her career, she's interviewed, get this, 13,000 people on a wide range of topics. You might also know her from an amazing groundbreaking documentary called Talent Untapped. So as I mentioned earlier, Anna Karina is a huge champion for inclusion and uh, diversity and inclusion as well. So she created... Uh, this documentary called Talent Untapped about the hidden talent pool of persons with disabilities. The film has been screened to dozens of corporations and organizations around the world as a tool to create more inclusive and diverse teams. And she even spoke at the conference board in New York City. So that's a pretty big deal. She's also a consultant in strategic communications. She helps leaders frame and tell their stories. So if you're a leader and you need help, framing that story and, and just looking good and, and being able to communicate clearly in a way that's engaging with, with staff and with clients and with the media, she can help you with that. She does uh, this through customized coaching and she's a, developed a system which draws upon her tens of thousands of interviews. So she knows what she's talking about. Thank you again, Anna Karina, for contributing to Light a Fire in Their Hearts and just most of all for being an amazing friend. So thank you, Lisa. You're thank very you, welcome. You. You're very welcome. Um, One of the first questions I'd like to ask you is what makes a good story, in your opinion? Well, I'll tell you as a journalist, um, there's a very simple formula, and it was uh, back when I worked with the CBC. And the formula is person X is doing action Y because whatever the, the Y is for this desired outcome. So I'm going to repeat that. Person X. So Lisa Anna Palmer is doing what? Is hosting this live webinar. Why? Well, like she said, she is giving back to this community that so supported her. And what are the desired outcomes? Mm -hmm. It's person X doing action Y because for this consequence. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, from a purely journalistic standpoint. What makes, uh, that's the formula for a solid story that's true and balanced. And I often take that formula and I apply it to um, a personal story or a brand story. It's the same thing. So let's say um, Emily. Emily is doing whatever action because that's half of the story. 
But you also want to find out what are the consequences? What are the outcomes of that? Because what it does is it forces you to go outside of yourself and then look at and scan your environment and all of your audiences. So that is a story in a very, very simple way. Because it's not enough for me to say, as my story, uh, Lisa Anna Palmer is feeling whatever or thinking whatever. Because thoughts and feelings, well, everybody has those. How do you demonstrate the pull? It's through the action. And then the actions are usually pretty extraordinary. And so that is what makes the story. That's a big insight for me. So it's important that when we speak about something that we stick to the actions. And that's where we demonstrate that we're walking the talk. Yes. Right? Yes. So how often do you hear people say, oh, I feel so passionate about. Okay. Everybody's passionate about something. Mm -hmm. But what are you doing about it? What is the action to back up that feeling? Mm, Excellent. So is it okay to say, like, I feel passionate about this and this is why I'm doing this action? Well, how about this? What's the action that you're talking about? So let's say, let's flip that. Mm -hmm. You are doing this action because, now let's forget the word passion. Okay. Passion is, it describes you, but like, let's get, let's dig a little bit deeper. So Mm -hmm. what is it? Are you doing this? for your self-development? Are you doing this for your team? Are you doing this uh, to improve your community? Are you doing this because you want to fight climate change? So that's interesting because it makes it much clearer. Exactly. And so the best stories are the ones that take that formula, not just at face value, but actually sit with that formula. When I take clients through this, they often start off with their, uh, their key messages or their brand pitch, or their value proposition. And then when I take them through this, they kind of sit and they go, oh my gosh, that's too superficial. And so the more you're able to scratch deeper and dig deeper, the more you're able to distinguish yourself from the person next to you and have something that's truly unique. Mm, Love that. You've interviewed a lot of people. You know, I thought I interviewed a lot of people being in HR, but I think you you, uh, (laughs) you definitely (laughs) went up. 13,000 people. That's amazing. Like that's, that's, and that's a very conservative estimate because wow. I figure as a news reporter, I would, if I did only one story and like toward the end of my career, I did often two stories in the course of a day. So one story, I would go out and talk to maybe five different sources for one story. Wow. And so you figure that out over like five days. Sometimes my work week would stretch out to seven or eight days. Um, so you do the math on that. And then when I hosted uh, Canada in Perspective, it was a current affairs show, and I would have at least three people as guests, and you were one of them. Yeah. Uh, so three people. But to get to those three best people, we would have to interview probably 10 people before that. Thank you for giving us that behind-the-scenes look. You know, Sometimes we just see the news report, and we don't understand necessarily all the work that goes into it. How can leaders prepare for communicating the back-to-work message. Oh, yes, yes. Um, One thing I always say is, before you even figure out what you're going to say, figure out who you're talking to. So you've got to know your audience. That always has to come first. And if you think about when you prepare for a presentation, we tend not to do that. So what I always suggest is pull back, take a big breath first, and ask yourself, Who am I talking to? So find out who you're talking to and get to know as much as you can about what they know and when they know it. Because 
the timing and the relevance will have an impact on how you deliver your message. And then I also want to ask myself, so who is in the audience and what do they know about the topic? What do they know about me? What do they also know about the current environment that may be related to my subject? Because that's also going to have some implications. So depending on what your topic is, it could be very hot. It could be very, very controversial. So with COVID right now, um, the science behind it continuously evolves. Mm-hmm. So you always want to stay on top of that. And so, you know, maybe that's, you know, the science and what you know is not going to be the same today as it was three months ago. It also helps you um, get informed about what your audience knows. By doing that, it pushes you with your messaging so that you're not telling them what they already know. Mm-hmm. It helps you dig deeper. And what I would strongly encourage is not to tell them what you know or what you want them to know, but what, do, especially now with COVID and going back to work, it's what do they, what do they want to know? Mm-hmm. What do they want to feel from you as leaders. Mm-hmm. And my hunch is uh, the vast majority of us want a reassurance. If I'm your audience, and I'm one of your employees, you need to know that, okay, uh, I've been stressed out. I've been juggling family. I've been going stir crazy in my home and you want me back in the office. I need the reassurance that you're doing everything you can to give me a safe, protected environment. And not just for me, but for my colleagues. So that's one thing that you know, that you need to know about me. What this means is you need to be able to forecast my questions. So you embed that into your key messages. What, what I love about what you're saying, and which I think is really important, is a few things. One, you know, when you talked about getting to know your audience, that's, that's such a big part of leadership. Because, you, you know, as leaders, we need to adapt. And first of all, understand the needs. You know, what are the needs of our employees? Not only of our team in general, but each individual employee has different needs. And, you know, that's when we talk about diversity and inclusion, too, is how do you adapt, though, yeah. you know, your messaging, your, how you reward, how you recognize, all those things. It's super important to understand so that we can then be able to meet those needs, you know, whether we're, we're communicating um, in a town hall meeting, whether we're communicating one-on-one, and understanding where they're at right now. You're absolutely right. There's so much fear right? People are afraid. They're nervous. They've been locked up and cooped up in the house, you know, for months. Uh, They probably had stressful times in the house (laughs) for months, you know, depending on what their personal situations are. And, and so there's opportunity there and possibility that if we don't, if if a leader does not understand those needs of safety, of reassurance, of even having a vision towards what are we working towards? How are we going to do this together? That if we don't pay attention to those things and we don't acknowledge them, there's a high risk for disengagement, for people to yes, yes. get sick at work, for people to um, just, you know, uh, it, it's almost like a type of paralysis that we're seeing now when, when needs aren't being met. So thank you for bringing those, those things up. The other thing I wanted to ask you about and get, get your opinion on is, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I've done workshops with employees in the past um, to help them, you know, to help the executives and the leaders understand what was causing some of their morale issues, what are some of the things that they expected from senior leaders, etc. All in, in the name of, let's try to make this workplace better. And what would often come up is, 
when our leaders speak to us, it sounds scripted. Yeah. And they didn't like that. Yes. At the same time, you need to, you need to prepare for that. So how can a yep. leader prepare to give an inspiring, engaging speech? Yep. And, and they need to prepare because they need to make sure yes. their messages are, are clear. At the same time, speak from the heart. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So two things are at play here. Um, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I've over the years written for many, many senior leaders. And if you're ever, any of you are in that position that you've got to prepare and coach the spokesperson, um, you need to know this person well in advance. So you need to know the voice. You need to know what makes them tick so that you can prepare, um, have the right voice so that it lands more authentically. And it, it sounds like a natural, um, very intuitive thing when I say uh, it has to be very authentic. But when you're dealing in organizations that have such a long chain of bureaucracy and approvals, the piece that I write by the time it goes up the chain, maybe to stakeholders, maybe to a government department and back, it's no longer what it used to be. And so when you give it off to your spokesperson, they can't internalize it. It's no longer authentic. So then they come across as a mere talking head. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in that situation when working for large organizations. Um, I would often you know, draft whatever, but legal had to get involved. Um, the minister's office had to get involved in a whole bunch of things. And then so afterward, it turned into nothing. But the audience, uh, reporters at the time, needed a statement, an official statement. In the case that you're talking about, Lisa, our employees don't want an official statement. You can send that out. You can post something on the website, and it'll be just as good. If you want to have real sticking factor um, and you want your spokesperson to really come across like they own it. They have to own it. The words, um, the sentiment behind it, and it's not just the sentiment. Like I said before, it's got to be the action. Mm. They need to back it up with an action. So, in, And this is true for any kind of speech. Yes, maybe it's just to say a few words that's going to be like a minute long on your intranet just to provide some reassurance. Um, it's not enough to say, I feel for you, I reassure you. What are you doing? And so that goes a long way in adding to the authenticity of the message. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that. then when I'm, when I'm coaching um, leaders, I always tell them, you always have to prepare this. And there's a formula that I guide them through. And you want to script it. You want to paper it. But you also have to practice it. And if when you're rehearsing it and you can hear yourself and you stumble, then those aren't the right words for you. Like stop, dead stop, dead in your tracks, and then go back to your script, and there's something that's not resonating with you. And if you can't say it properly, then don't, because your audience is going to smell it. And what they're going to smell is lack of authenticity. Mm. And so what happens then is if they smell a fraud, then you start the spiral of the disengagement and people tuning out. And then that spokesperson is no longer your credible spokesperson. There's, there's lots of great stuff that you shared in that, Anna Karina, in terms of, so it's important to prepare. It's important to rehearse. However, it's important to own it. So anything that doesn't resonate with you, will it's not yours that. to say. It's not yours to say. It's not yours to say. And so if there is something that your organization feels that needs to be said and your appointed spokesperson cannot say it properly, then that's not your right spokesperson. So mm -hmm. here's an example. Um, 
if you're dealing with labor relations, for example, you know, you'll have your legal counsel come and uh, be involved. You have your chief negotiator. And so you want to come out with some kind of statement that talks about safety and security. Well, is it your operations person? Is it your person that's closest to your frontline workers that will be more credible? So think about who else you have in your stable to, to give the message. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, before I forget, if I can just take a, a slight tangent, you mentioned something earlier, Lisa, about um, talking about um, knowing the diversity within your audiences um, and knowing how to talk to them, where to meet them. So, you know, right now everybody's online. Zoom is very popular. But if you're talking to your senior executives and if you're talking to your frontline workers, maybe there are different places online. So, for example, um, I work closely with a leadership team that had its own WhatsApp group. And so if there was a message on WhatsApp, that was the best way to reach them all at the same time. If it's frontline workers, they're not going to tune into Zoom because they are on the go. They don't have the time to sit down. So it's something mobile. Maybe it's Twitter. Maybe it's like uh, a Facebook group. So yes, we're all online. And yes, as you segment your audience and you figure out who you're talking to, there may also be very specific different channels online that you need to utilize to reach them the best way. And since I'm on that topic, um, also be aware that there are people who don't consume information the same way that we all do. For example, um, if we're relying heavily on a verbal message, maybe someone with a hearing impairment may not take it properly or take it as the way you intended it to. Maybe another way to supplement that and to get rid of any barriers is to have a text-based script. Maybe um, if you're talking like in a large forum and there are members in your audience who are on the autism spectrum, um, maybe you need to follow that up with an email that's just very clear and very prescriptive. So also keep that in mind that, you know, people consume information in very different ways and you don't want any ambiguity. You don't want to leave them with any questions. Mm -hmm. Wow. Those are great tips. I mean, so remember that you have, we have different audiences, uh, not only with different needs from an emotional perspective, but also different needs from a learning perspective, from a receiving perspective, and to make sure to cover all your bases when you're putting out those messages, make sure that you also supplement, uh, you know, in writing, like you said, uh, using using various means. So thank you for, for, for sharing that piece. You know, how do you create uh, a piece of communication that's authentic? So I love that you're saying, you know, make sure you follow up with action because way too often we see leaders who, mm-hmm. you know, they, they talk and talk and talk and there's no walk, you know, so yep. you need to lay out the actions and then follow up on that. So important. And that's how you gain credibility and build that trust for sure. That piece about the empathy. I, and I just want to mention this. I, I believe that you can still be empathic, even if you prepare. The two are not necessarily contradictory. They're not exclusive at all. Right. And sometimes I think, I think people see it that way. You know, it's like, oh, it has to be from the heart. So I'll tell you something. And this is something that I've learned from uh, like over a decade in working in news. When you see these people, these, these, these news anchors and these reporters in the field or uh, any on-air person just getting up there talking, it seems like they're doing it off the cuff, but they're not guaranteed. It, It is not fully scripted. Although when I first started, 
I had to script everything and then I would commit it to memory and then I'd walk around for about 15 minutes to rehearse, rehearse. But these people have been um, doing the TV thing for such a long time. They know and they can prepare and it'll probably take them about two minutes. So what they'll do is they'll synthesize a ton of information, sift it down to the probably three key points, and then they'll commit that to memory. So they have three key points. And then maybe uh, they'll have like a cheat sheet. So that's, that's preparation. So I can guarantee you, whenever you see somebody who comes uh, onto the podium and just looks like they're winging it, behind that is a whole lot of preparation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you prepare, um, part of the preparation is knowing your audience, knowing what they want, what they need from you. And so that's a form of digging deeper and being more empathic with your audience. So the more you prepare, the more you can actually be empathic. Love that. Love that. That you take the care to really find out who your audience is, what their needs are. Yes. And yes. then and that shows caring. I worked in PR media relations for a lot of years. So before uh, working in the news industry, I was um, doing PR media relations and speech writing for Air Canada. And back then, PR was a totally different thing. There was no talk about uh, bottom-up communications, two-way communications, and, and empathy. Not at all. It was top-down. Okay, what does a president, what does a chairman want everybody to know? Point final, that's it. So I'm <laughs> so glad to see this evolution. So we're at a point right now where really effective communications is so mindful of the audience. It's always audience-centric. That's the best form of communication. Like, just think about any kind of media that, you've, that you consume, whether it's uh, on your television, on your radio, or uh, a video. It sticks to you because it speaks to you. It speaks to you because the creators know the audience, and they kind of work backwards. Audience first. So on that note, I just, Anna Karina, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, this has been so informative, so wonderful. I feel like we got a crash course in communications, uh, you know, be it you're talking externally to the public or working internally with, uh, with your employees. So thank you so well, much. You're welcome. And if, um, if this has given you all a deeper, a deeper appreciation of what professional communicators do, um, then I've done my job. Yeah, it <laughs> and, sure does. And it's, it's, it's a skill that can be honed through practice. You know, it's like learning how to play the piano. You learn the scales, you learn the formula, and you practice, practice, practice. And you keep your eye and you keep your ear to the ground with your audiences. A big thank you to our Little Talk listeners for tuning into today's show. Please share with friends and colleagues who care about leadership and what is happening in our workplaces. If you'd like to keep this conversation going, please go to lightyourleadership.com to book a discovery call. While you're there, be sure to grab your copy of Light a Fire in Their Hearts, The Truth About Leadership. We wish you an excellent rest of the week. And until next time, remember to light your leadership because building authentic business relationships will help you to love your life as a leader.